Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good evening, Razorback fans. We want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast as we are part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. I'm your host, Porter Hayes of Sports and Culture Arkansas, and alongside me is Jacob Davis from Arkansas Fight. And all live shows are presented by the Arkansas Brewing Company, in Ozark, Arkansas, and as well as Bad Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews, news for every league, including NFL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. So Bad Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to join today and make your first Sports bet. Use our promo code believe 50 B L E A V five zero to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And I, I do want to say before we uh, get into our show, we want to send our thoughts and prayers out to the family of Mike Leach. Uh, apparently, um, he was airlifted to a hospital in Jackson. We don't know the details of what's going on, but from everybody that's been. Uh, Putting it out there, it doesn't sound too well. Um, so, uh, again, prayers to the to the family of Mike Leach, and hopefully he can get out of this and and get back to back to normal. But uh, Jacob, uh, geez, Louise, man, we decided to go on vacation. I went to Disney oh, yeah. with the family. You had your anniversary, and we come back to this. I mean, um, it's a mess. It, it, a mess. it was it was crazy. Um, Crazy, all the stuff, the names and coordinators leaving. Who's coming in? Coordinators, tight end coaches, coaches assistant coaches leaving. Poor old news. I mean, holy, (laughs) I'm never taking a vacation again. I mean, jeez. But uh, I guess just to begin, you know, how how was the vacation? And what what did you end up doing over over your time off? Well, we went to Branson and uh, celebrated my birthday and my anniversary and and we hit up Seven Brew Coffee a few times. If you haven't been there, y'all need to try it. And there is a location in North Little Rock. I think there's another one in Conway at Seven Brew Coffee. Hey, free advertisement there. There man. you go. They hit got them all over Northwest Arkansas. Man, they, oh, yeah, they were they were great. Uh, we hit up a couple of shops. Uh, you know, I have an excuse now to uh, stay in the car instead of go shopping because the baby's usually asleep when the – <laughs> in the there, you so there you go. There you go. I don't have to shop as much anymore and, and walk around like a like a little daisy, you know, being carried around store to store. But that's what we did. Uh, I know you went to Disney World, man. Uh, got to got to celebrate a little bit of fun there. I mean, yeah, I went to Disney World. It's been twenty something years. I was in sixth grade, so I'm, I'm glad you you all had fun. And I know your son uh, had to just be. Uh, over the moon excited to be there oh man i'll tell you what you better bring your 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 credit cards and your wallets and 401k and um i'm telling you (laughs) 
It is. I mean, it was worth it. I will say it. But man, I'm telling you, it was the most expensive thing you could encounter. Right. Just everything that you do there at Disney. I mean, the multiple parks. We went to all the parks: Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot. And I'm just telling you, it it was awesome. And this is like. Right before peak season. We picked the prime day. Didn't yeah. rain on us one time. Didn't even, I mean, and all the rides, rode to the Towers of Terror. That was the most exhilarating ride there. Takes you in this elevator shaft and drops you, lifts you. But Oh, yeah. But, no, it, it was a very good time. But we come back to this, and you see on the heading right here, you know, Dow Loggins to South Carolina, question mark. And I'm telling you, from, from what the reports we've been hearing and the people I've been talking to, it went from he was, you know, hot name. And then I'm telling you what, South Carolina fans just crapped on Oh, him. they revolted. Uh, I mean, it was horrible. Oh, it was a terrible. And Wait. go ahead. No, I, it, I, I don't understand. I understand the hate, but I don't understand the hate towards Dow Loggins. You got to realize the- South Carolina fans. And, and this is, look, this is no dig. This is not a yeah. dig. It, it, it's South Carolina fans are like Arkansas fans. They're very passionate. They think that they deserve the best at what they have. Yeah. Well, Dan Mullins was one of the names that was kind of thrown out there. So if you go from, hey, we have a chance to get Dan Mullen to, oh, we have to settle for Dow Loggins, they don't know the type of person like we know him or know of him. Right. I'm not saying I know him personally, but just the people that I've talked to on the Arkansas side of things. But it's yeah. the same thing was just like with Sam Pittman. Everybody thought it was going to be Lane Kiffin or if it was going to be, you know, John Gruden or whoever, the plane track. And then they're like, oh, we settled for Sam Pittman, the guy from Georgia. You know, he was a defensive line coach, and he was recently in Arkansas, you know, an offensive line. But you can't – you don't know what you're getting until you get into that system, and you're going there for an offensive right. coordinator. And him and Justin Stepp have a very good relationship. And you've got to think that in this point of their time where they're at, and we talked to the Spurs Up show guy when we had South Carolina week, and I told them that South Carolina was a year behind Arkansas. And what happened this year? South Carolina had the year this year that Arkansas had last year. And now you're in the recruiting part. Well, Dowell is an amazing recruiter. I mean, who would yes, you not want if? Now, I don't want him to leave Arkansas. And and I'm telling you, it's going to be a huge hit. And I we talked about it before the show was if, if Dow leaves for South Carolina, it's going to impact this program about the same way it did when Sam Pittman left for Georgia. So, I mean, that's just my opinion Absolutely. on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sam Pittman, when, when he left for Georgia, everybody remembers, like, the Solomon Thomases that the, they were having, the – the super secret five-star offensive lineman that uh, that Brett Bielema ran off to Vegas or whatever place he wanted to run off to and 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 get and just have a good time instead of being able to be there as a head coach. Like if a, if an official visitor's there, you you want to you want your head coach to be there, and dude wasn't there, and and that's the same kind of thing now. Like it's 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 different circumstances, but it's it's still kind of the same deal. Like. You, you have your best recruiter on the staff, and I don't know what the feeling is or the vibe is amongst the coaching staff right now. We are outsiders looking in, and, you know, it 
I don't know if there's any dissension right now. I mean, between the coaching staff or anything, that's 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 nothing's been told to us. But to if we lose Dow, we we could lose the Luke Hass, the the tight end out of uh, Oklahoma. You could lose the Jaden Ham out of Kansas. You could lose several of these big time players that Arkansas has committed right now to the 16th ranked recruiting class in the country. And six of those guys were, were committed under Dell Loggins. And a lot of the reason people over at South Carolina hate this hire is because they go back to his NFL days. Okay. All right. So what he, he, he coached for the Tennessee Titans. This is before Rabel and, and, and where they're at right now. He coached for the jets back when they were just, maybe a two to three or four win team every single year. Didn't have the players coach the Chicago bears with Jay Cutler and a bunch of uh, misfits. And then uh, he coached one other team, Miami dolphins before they had two before they had all these other players in the NFL. You have to coach with the talent you get from your GM and your head coaches. You don't have the freedom to go out and recruit these guys at the collegiate level that match what you want to run. And I think South Carolina fans are giving uh, uh, Dow Loggins unfair hate and criticism for what he was doing in the NFL. This is, this is college football. And I think that Dow should have an even playing field. There's no telling what he's learned under Kendall browse uh, as far as, as running an offense. So let's, I think they need to calm down a little bit on the hate and embrace the guy a little bit. Well, and the thing is, is he they don't understand he, when you do things behind the scenes. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing that gets lost in the transition of this. They just yeah. see him as a tight ends coach. They see him as this, and they yeah. see him as that. But this is the way that I see view Carolina fans is and dealing with it. It's just okay. So they beat Tennessee, beat South, and they beat Clemson. You know, they've had all these first and these. So, but they yeah. think they're back up on Georgia and Tennessee's level again. They think they deserve, well, we're going to go out and get whoever we want. But that's not always the case. I'm not taking anything away from Dallas. It's just a fact. I think he can go over there and do a great job. I mean, yeah. I think, and, and, and from what I was told is, he's not going to be on staff next year, but whether he goes to South Carolina or where. I, I was just told that he will not be on the staff next year. That, that's just... Yeah. What I'm hearing when it comes to and, – and another thing, we have to be real about this. We're all competitors. We're all men. We're always in our jobs. We're wanting to be the best we can. We can't sit here and not sit on the fact that Loggins, you know, now thought that, hey, Riles might go somewhere and I become the OC at Arkansas. Now he's not getting that chance. He's going to go prove. You're getting somebody who wants to prove himself. You don't think he's not looking at all this stuff. He's going to go somewhere, whether it's South Carolina or wherever, and you've got that chip on your shoulder where you've got something to prove. All right, you yeah. see me as a tight ends coach. All right, let's see how it goes. And all of a sudden you get – say you go to South Carolina. You're teamed up with Beamer. You're teamed up with Justin Stepp along those lines of those guys. With all this hype coming off the year, you're actually starting to flip your recruiting again. I mean, it, it, it's the perfect storm, but this is the bad part of social media where the fans just uproar, and that's what the mm-hmm. biggest thing, as much as they want to say it or not, you know, the fan uproar kind of cooled things down a little bit, but it's like, 
it, it's it's catching fire again, and yes. all points that I mean, even from the South Carolina part of it is he's going to be the next OC there. We'll see, wait yeah. and see on that. But you know, yeah. it's just you got to remember where we kind of heard it first. I mean, you, you know, you were on a radio show in South Carolina. You know, you started the scoop, and there's. But it's just yeah. funny watching these people saying, "Oh, this guy can't say this and that. He don't know anything." What's going to happen when it happens? Right, and and the thing is like. The it wasn't just South Carolina fans that were crapping on this hire or this potential hire. There was Jets fans and Jet NFL legit NFL media in my tweet when I reported it on. I guess it was Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and I reported that Dow Loggins was having some serious heat down there at South Carolina's offense coordinator. People crapped all over it, like actual NFL reporters were quote tweeting my report. And just dogging the guy. You can't transition and, it though. No, no. And the thing, like, he was, yeah, he was an offensive coordinator. But I read up to where he's, he was, like, he actually called plays in the NFL one time under Adam Gase in his four stops as a as an offensive coordinator. He only called plays one time as an offensive coordinator. That's just freaking crazy to me. But, yeah, the comment I, that I said like, Nick Saban. I like what Parker says. Yeah, I mean, he said Nick Saban did yeah. well. I mean, I can only honestly think of one person in the modern era. I mean, you got Jimmy Johnson, yeah. of course, what he did with the Cowboys. But mm-hmm. you, you got Pete Carroll. Yeah. And, and then who else? Who that's else it. that's Steve, jumped from college? Steve Spurrier. I mean, if he Steve did Steve Spurrier jumped, but he, he didn't, didn't have do, that much He was success. right back. But Blue you, got, you can't sit there and – no, you can't sit there. And, that's, and and when you're hearing the same thing purged, and, and they're supposed to be yeah. th- these reporters, and they're like, well, what he did in the NFL, what he did in the NFL. Well, you know what? Look what one guy goes and does at one school. Look at freaking Nick Saban. Right. What was he doing at Michigan State? Look what he was, then what he happened when he – He's coach at Michigan State. And then he comes to LSU, goes yeah. to the NFL, and then comes back, and he's in Alabama. I mean, look at all these guys that started one spot – they find the right yeah. fit, they find the right team, and then yeah. they blow up. I mean, it's just – I don't I, – I think the hate is unfair, but when everybody Absolutely. has an opinion, that's what you get with social media nowadays. Right. And, and, I, and I guess what I do is I go for the underdog. I go for the people that are – not saying getting bullied, but it's like the unfair criticism. It's like I want him to be successful that much more because people are shitting on him. Absolutely. And it's oh, yeah. the fact that – you know, stop. Like, you you don't know what he is. And I hope that it, whatever his next stop is, that he goes and kills it just based on that. Cause yeah. just, and then everybody's going to crawl back in their hole. Well, I, I, I was rooting for him from day one. You know, no, you weren't. You know, it's just – but that oh, happens crap, in no. every fan base. Right. You, you only yeah. see it in South and Carolina. Arkansas fans. Yeah, I mean, it happens in every fan base, yeah. you yeah. know. Arkansas fans were ready to crap on the offensive coordinator hire too if Dow had been promoted, just because of the same stuff that South Carolina fans were saying. Like they don't want to have a guy that was a failed NFL uh, coordinator. I mean, but you got to think of this is a whole different uh, set of circumstances in college football. It's a lot different going from NFL to college. Like you, you can see it. Like Steve Spurrier and, and all these great coaches that did try their hand at. The NFL. Sometimes you just have to, you know, get to somewhere you're comfortable. And the thing is with Dow, like, I expected Kendall to be gone by now. I thought Kendall would be gone after this season. 
just because he had so much serious heat as maybe a head coaching candidate. And I thought this was a stepping stone for for Kendall Browse to go, and it may still be. The the jury is still out for that, and it's crazy to still have your offensive coordinator four years in a row. Like, but that's that's kind of scary, though. That's kind of worrisome. Yeah, Yeah. and 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 not that. I mean, we want him to stay. It's just. I think his draft stock, you and when I say draft stock, I think it took a hit this year. I really took, you yeah, know, the productivity. Absolutely. And, yes, I know all wasn't his fault, but still yet. I mean, just – but it was. I mean, it, it, there, there was yeah. a lot of it that was his fault. There was a lot of this play-calling stuff and, you know. Right. But – and, and it, it's just like the fact that we don't know what's going on in that locker room within that program, but – Everything is just like glaring, like something's wrong. Right. It's like and, you don't want to believe sucks. it. You don't want to believe it, but yet it's just all yeah. these red flags are pointing to. And yeah. there's been times you've heard it. Now, yeah, I've even said it. You know, Sam Pittman's demeanor has changed from last year to this year. It, it, it's almost like you can hear it into his voice. Like even the positive stuff, he's just very just like defeated and right. you know like losing control or you know it's just like he he's trying to fix something and he don't have all the pieces and we've talked yeah. about that with the depth and it's not all his fault and it's not all no. Kendall Browse's fault but it's like there's been times where they've called really good plays but the execution wasn't there there's been times where the execution was there but the play call I mean it's just a mixed bag of things but yeah. when it comes to Kendall Browse you of course you're the darling of the SEC last year. His his name was the hot name. Hey, let's go. It's like playing poker. Let's keep my hand yeah. in there. Let 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 me hit me one more time, and then let's see what I get. And I think this year kind of it kind of busted on him. So we'll yeah, see. Absolutely. But I was definitely surprised that Odom left before Browse. I thought Browse would be the one. So I mean, I missed that one because I was on here saying that. You know, Odom was here. He was the first man. But we also got to think, too, that those two guys were here for a purpose. Build this foundation. Start the foundation for this program. And and they're kind of stuck in the mud right now. And and it's it's hard to say. A lot of folks forget. Like, I I think it's a lot of conveniently forgetting that Arkansas was coming off a 2-10 stretch in back-to-back seasons. I think a lot of it is there's still frustration with what happened under the last couple of years under Brett Bielema and, and what happened under Chad Morris. I think I think there's still a lot of hurt feelings in that that last year's performance, the winning nine games, you thought you were out of it and and you just weren't quite yet. And and really, I mean honestly, you, Arkansas was thirteen points from being ten and two this season. And and that changes a lot of things, Porter. I mean Honestly, like you, you look at that and you're, you're and then you lose maybe lose Barry Odom and Kendall Brawls at the same time, and then you're having and then like if you do finish nine and three, ten and two, it's a whole lot different feeling right now than sitting six and six trying to figure out oh man are we we need to get rid of our coordinators instead of oh our coordinators got poached like that's the difference between those are thirteen points from our coordinators being poached. Or us trying to have to figure out what we need to do to uh, to get better. And Arkansas did get better this weekend with the additions of uh, uh, Josh Braun and 
uh, Andrew Armstrong and Jacoby Criswell out of the portal. Like, we can say things aren't looking good, but they are getting better. That's building quality depth along the offensive line. We, we know the offensive line is something that Arkansas is going to have to get better at. They got the well-needed depth, the much-needed depth at the, at the quarterback position, adding Criswell. And then you add uh, Andrew Armstrong, who's a uh, just absolute freak. I don't know how uh, folks missed him in, uh, while he was at Bishop Dune and going to Texas A&M Commerce and, and then blowing up, having 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns this past season. Uh, but that was a great, a grand addition to the wide receiver room. So Arkansas, not everything is as bad. Not every – the bad isn't as bad as what we think it is, and the good isn't always as great as what the – what we say it is too. So we have to keep it kind of in a, I don't know, just, you know, it's not always as bad as it seems. It's not always as good as it seems. Yeah. It's always somewhere in the middle. And I think Arkansas right now, I think there's a lot of frustration there. And I'm going to finish up by saying this, like there's a lot of frustration because we're ready to get this defensive coordinator stuff out of the way. And it's only day six without Arkansas having a defensive coordinator. I think <laughs> I think if they can, you know, you, you see the names of Trey Scott and you see the name of Jeff Collins and you see uh, the uh, Ron Roberts done deal tweets everywhere. And I was one of them that reported it. Like, I didn't say it was a done deal, but he was an emerging candidate. And then others came along and said that they're pretty much, you know, finalizing the deal. And then it just broke through. I think if, if something can just land and just stick, I think a lot of our problems, especially on social media, will be completely uh, completely over with, and then we can just move on to the next era or the next the next uh, season or the rest of the off season. Yeah, and and that's where the early signing period hurts. Yeah, I mean right. you got guys that aren't even, you know, you're trying to, you know, leave. Say you leave Arkansas, and then you've got to hit the ground running and try to build your class up because of the early signing period. But I, I, I don't know. It's just look, we got to realize, and, and look, and if if the if Jacoby ends up being a stud, if these guys keep on being a stud, but you know what, we're in the SEC, and if we're going to start getting up, we need to start getting these guys that can come in from a, a, a D1 level and produce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Jacoby did at North Carolina. I mean, you're but when you're behind those two quarterbacks that they have back-to-back, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of hard. Yes. And, and to me, Absolutely. it's like seeing what Kendall has done with KJ. And there's times where KJ – dude, KJ's a dog. He's a whore. You know, he, he's just – he's your guy that leads your team. But yeah. when you look at Jacoby and – it. He's the same type of quarterback. And it's almost like, all right, you see the play calling and you see everything coming in. So, yes, we do get, you know, KJ comes back if in, and he's coming back next year in, in quarterback. And but then you look at what you have after that or if something happens to KJ. You've got the same exact model coming in. Right. To, so, I mean, I just – I don't know. You know, we, we had a lot of hopes for this year. A lot of things happened, but there was a lot of things that wasn't – there was a lot of things that wasn't their fault, but there was a lot of things that was their fault. And I don't know, you know, just like I said, things that are going on the inside, things that happen on the outside, 
you know, when are they, they got to start making progress. And we talked about this at the beginning of the year. You know, in the SEC, you can you can manage if you went nine and four. Okay, you can go eight, eight and four, eight and five, or or eight and four, seven and five. But man, you see what happened this year: dropping back down to six and losing the way they did to yes. Missouri, and you know the Liberty loss. I mean, the doink field goal that didn't go over the goalpost to Texas A and M, and you seeing how Texas A and M ended up. That that was their only SEC win, or no? Then they ended up being LSU. LSU. But I'm talking about up to that point. But yeah, you know, you yeah. just see yeah. how all that happened, and you're like, yes, it's 13 points, but it's like you got to make progress. And if you keep putting yourself in positions for teams to beat you, you're going to get beat more times than not. Yeah, and they need depth. They need depth. They need depth. And yeah. That's where it gets tricky when you're constantly losing your coordinators and, and, and the key piece that is your tight ends coach. If you lose him, it's going to set you back two years on recruiting, and it, it is. You're losing your key recruiter when it comes to that offense. Yep, you're absolutely right. And and that's the thing. Like You have the 16th-ranked recruiting class according to 247 Sports right now, and if you lose like two of those guys, you're going to fall significantly in the recruiting rankings, and then you're going to have to figure out well, who do we get now? Like, like it's you, it, you're you're basically well. Do you go into the transfer portal and say, "Hey, I got some extra spots"? So, so not all is lost. Like, this is a whole different thing with the high school recruiting now because you have these these uh, portal guys that can come in and help you too. Most of these guys have like three or four years, and they're they're looking for new starts. So. And that's the saving grace of of the recruiting scene right now is being able to go out and get these portal guys too, uh, because you know like the the special type of players like the the Has or Haas kid from Oklahoma, the Luke Haas, like those are special type of players, and and yeah, you're going to lose them, but there's some special players in in the. Uh, in the portal too. I mean, you just have to go out there and outbid for what you want. So, uh, that's just part of the game now, Porter. Yeah, and I just think they are um, – they're losing a lot. Yes. And that's where you're scrambling of, okay, yeah, you know you can go to the portal and you could pick a couple guys like your Drew Sanders or, you know, McLaughlin. Right. But – when you look at what's leaving and, and it looks bleak because you're like, you're having to replace so much on offense and defense. Yeah. And, and that's where it's like, okay, so you bring in Jacoby, you're bringing in, I mean, then you're bringing in a guy that's going to sit the bench unless. So, I mean, that, don't, that, that one don't even count. We can, we can say all we want about Jacoby. He's not going to come in and take KJ's spot. Unless something happens to KJ, so now that's a that it's not a wasted deal, but that's that that player, we we just put it he's on the, he's on the bench, and yeah. t- unless something happens, all right. So then you bring in the wide receiver, you know, that FCS receiver. Okay, is he yeah. going to be ready to come in and play in the SEC? We've seen what you know Hazelwood come over from Oklahoma, and he's shown glimpses of things, but you need to produce. Eight, nine, ten weeks in a row. Yeah, because if you, I mean, that's a, that's where we're at, and it's not getting any easier. 
Yeah, and a lot of people are like, oh, he, he's an FCS guy. I think the staff has done a good enough job of evaluating talent, especially if you have the chance to get in the FCS level player. Like John Ridgway. Like nobody yep. knew who the guy was out of Illinois State a couple of years ago. But then, you know, he, he goes in the portal, Arkansas jumps on him first. And then you had the Texas, you had the USC's, you had the Nebraska's that are after him too. Arkansas ended up getting him, and he was a major, a major uh, uh, player on the defensive side there for Arkansas. So, I mean, I think you had to be careful when evaluating the uh, talent as far as it comes to the FCS players. But, you, I mean, the guy looks kind of like what a Matt Landers did this past season. And he came over from Toledo and looked pretty good. I mean, he had over 700 yards and I think seven touchdowns this season. I mean, by far the best year he's had. So this this staff has done a very good job and not just adding like just random players that uh, they're just like, oh, just get him, get him, get him. We got to pat our roster. Like they do a really good job of evaluating uh, what they what their needs are. I think uh, the F- the uh, Andrew Armstrong, who is the FCS receiver, will do well. I'm not saying he's going to have a thousand yards receiving in year one, but I think he could have a Hazelwood or a or a Matt Landers type of season. Well, another thing is, you've seen how long it took Landers to get going. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that's the thing. We talked about Team that. season. You know, when, especially when you have quarterback issues and your quarterback's, you know, injured or fighting injury, he's not on point. Yeah. And then you bring in Malik and he can't throw. He's just a running quarterback. You know, how long is it going to take these in, in a game where – one or two losses, there goes your chance of being in the college football playoffs. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, you're in that position. So you really have to think about and really stress what type of guys are we bringing in, how yeah. many guys do we need to bring in to get this thing going. I mean, it's just – it's one of the deals that we'll keep on uh, – we're, we're, we're up against a commercial break, but we'll keep this conversation going. But I, I guess just my biggest deal is like – I'm tired of, and I shouldn't. I mean, we talk about it every year. We shouldn't get our hopes up, but it's almost like my going into next year. I'm going to have the mindset: prove me that you're going to make changes. Prove to me you're going to be a better program and make those leaps and bounds. Opposed to, we're looking at nine, ten wins, and there was, like I said, it was just at the end of the year. It was no, there was hardly any effort, and you you let teams beat you that shouldn't beat you, but. We'll come back right after the break. Hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in south-central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. 
Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk podcast, and we'll continue on with the DC Talk and just another opening, like I said, that I was very surprised about. We all thought he was going to Tulsa. We thought he was going here. Then he, So I guess what was surprising me is he went to UNLV. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know if he had any connections there. or and, and I guess that's what's the surprising thing. And, of course, it makes me feel the way I do about what's going on the inside that he just want to get out of Arkansas. Did he just want to go somewhere and prove that he can become a head coach again, have that itch, he sees what's going on, and, I mean, how much, you know, the social media and, and the people on the outside just blitzed, you know, his defense and everything. But, look, when you had the things that you had going on with, with Slusher and Catalan and, you know, Drew Sanders, you know, and Bumper Pool, you know, Bumper Pool playing hurt, almost like a Grant Morgan situation. You know, that does a toll to your defense. And, again, when we talk about depth and your guys are getting playing hurt, I mean, there's only so much you can do as a defensive coordinator. And there's only so yeah. much that you can do when your back's against the wall and sometimes you're like, hey, I mean, I mean enough's enough on it. And, you know, if we're, you know, everything was cool, you know, this time last year, man, celebration was playing on every, you know, the jukebox was turned up. Now it's not that case. But, I mean, I just – unless something happens and changes where they just load up the, and, and just kill it in transfer portal, I, I see a similar situation happening next yes. year. And, and what is going to happen we, – we're already talking about this seat getting warm. You know, we're already talking about the honeymoon period. What, what's going to happen next year if this team goes 6-6 six and six again? Yeah. I mean, at least you're not uh... – at least you're going to bowl games and stuff, and you're semi-competitive. Because for a while, you weren't competitive. You were getting your butt beat every week. And and there there was points this season that you're thinking, what the heck? Why did you do that? Like, like there was just – there was points. And I, I think it's 
absolutely uh, uh, warranted to doubt your head coach, especially after some of the decisions that they made throughout the season, whether it was KJ being hurt during the Liberty game and, and not putting Malik Cornsby in there to maybe not save the day, but at least try to give Arkansas a different look uh, to Liberty. Or, you know, think about the, the, the fumble at the at the three yard line against Stadium. Like there was just so many things that just built up to this point. Like and you're and it's like I said earlier, like if you win two of those games, say you beat if say you pull out the LSU game and the AM game, like you're in, in the Liberty game, you're looking at this season a whole lot differently than you are right now. And there's some guys coming back and I guarantee you they're gonna they're going to have a taste in their mouth that they're ready to get out. Like you think about KJ and, and rocket coming back and, and they're going to have to figure out some things in the receiver room. You're going to have to get a couple of guys out of the portal. Uh, you had a good a wide receiver hall uh, last season out of the high school uh, besides, you know, McAdoo going over to the defensive backside. But you have on the defensive defensive line. I think you've you've got some promise there. Linebackers are showing promise, but you're gonna have to go in there and get your defensive backs and figure out what's going on back there in the secondary because that was your biggest issue. The most glaring thing about last season was the secondary issues, the open field tackling, trying to keep things in in front of you, getting beat deep. Like, it was continuous over and over and over again. And right now, from what I'm being told, you've got Dwight McLaughlin, your best defensive back, uh, returning for next season. You've got several guys that uh, if you, you've got a pretty good nucleus, I think whoever comes as defensive coordinator will have some talent there. But you're going to have to attack it, man. And, and the way that the season ended, like, I think there was just – maybe Sam Pittman needed to have a hard reset. Or maybe maybe a, a little bit of a reset. Let Barry Odom go. I mean, and 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 try to reestablish some uh, belief that this thing is still going forward. Like, like yeah, we took a step back, but we we can build off things. Like, you have to maybe not use us as an underdog or have the underdog mentality, but say, look, guys. We were this close. We fixed these problems here, and we hit that next level. We get back to where we were a year or two ago. I don't think you can go 6-6 six, six, uh, six and six again next year. I think you're going to have to build off of that, but I think 6-6 six and six gives gives Sam Pittman another extra year uh, on his contract. I mean, I don't think he gets an extension or anything for going 6-6 six and six again. But I think if you exceed like 7-5, and 8-4, and four, like it continues, it, the the Pittman experiment continues. So, yeah, I, I don't see him getting fired next year. No, no, no. But but unless something like a three and seven season happens, I don't see that even happening. Like I just don't see it happening. There was just alarming things of like I said with with things that kept on happening that Sam allowed. Like you know, yes. Browse is calling the plays, but there should have been a point in time where he stepped in and said, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. You know, there, there's times where you, you look at the defense and if, if they kind of had a, a um, inkling that, hey, you're losing your defensive coordinator. You know, Brow or, or Odom's not going to be back next year because of how things are going on. 
then you see the way they got pushed around against Missouri. I mean, things like that. That's what the alarming thing of you're sitting there watching a team that is in a corner. Yeah. You you, you want to beat this this team that you're calling not calling a rivalry, but it's not much when when you've only won it a couple times and like I said, you're letting a team of lesser talent push you around and manhandle you when they shouldn't. And you, yep. you let that team beat you again. And it just seemed like there was not – there was a quit or something going on. But it's funny how, you know, people get caught out for, you know, hey, I quit the team. And then they, they want to clap back on to one of our most reliable reporters in Arkansas and Hutch. You want to clap back at him yeah. when the coach basically said the same thing. So talk to the coach yeah. about it, you know. but You're right. No. It, it, I, I don't know how they fix this, and that's why I'm, I am the way I am feeling the way. But you see how the season ended. You've seen how the last couple of games went, and it was a roller coaster. You you be, beat Ole Miss, and you're like, okay, okay, you know things. All right, here we go. We got everybody healthy again. You know KJ's back. We got things rolling, and then you just lay an egg, and oh, yeah. it's it, it's very frustrating because. You let a team that you're trying to recruit against become bowl eligible and hang that banner of we become bowl eligible, we're going to this bowl game because we beat you at the end of the season. And I know it's a hard place to play, but it's like I'm almost at the point where we've sat here for four years and done this. And we've always been like, you know, the fans are saying, should we as fans – accept mediocrity should we accept this should we? and we've always defended the team like hey give it time but it's like i'm i'm going i'm about to start like the more this goes on the more i'm on the fan side of this like yeah you shouldn't like i see it and i'm sorry there's no disrespect to the kid at all but when you see that who you're bringing in you're like that's not what we're going to do to make this team better yeah you know and and it, it is frustrating because you know what this team can be and to see you're losing your coordinators. You're losing the guy that can build this team back up, and you're letting him go to South Carolina. And if if the reports are you know true, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there that it's not a done deal. But I'm saying if that's happening, you're letting him go to South Carolina. You're making another program better that you got to play against. Yeah, you cannot let that happen. If you're in a set position where you're Georgia and you've established yourself where you can let somebody go to make their program better and you're set, but when you're trying to set your own foundation and you're losing the foundation and somebody else is getting better, that's not good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just where we're at. I know I hate to be so negative about it, but just how everything's played out and seen what's going on. Like I said, I hope things turn around this transfer portal and we got guys that come in and kill it, but I'm not seeing anything – that that's making me think otherwise. This is going to be a seven or six win team next year. Yeah, let's go to the basketball. Field again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, we're beating a dead horse right now. Well, uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it is, it is, like, and it just. But yeah, it, we can move on and end it on a positive yeah. note because yes. I, I will start off. I was very. Imp- the, uh, we'll just go with the OU game. You, you yeah. lose Trevin Brazil. <laughs> Yeah, you, Nick Smith Jr. is working his way into the lineup, and you play a game where 
I don't think this team last year wins this game in this style. I, I don't think that last year's team or the team the year before wins this game. And I was very impressed that the youth of this team, how they shot their free throws down the stretch. Because I made a, I made a point to say, they're playing February basketball in December. I mean, yeah. that was a very well-executed game. They did not let and, – and I know we kind of go at the, the announcers, but I clicked the game on and it held out. I thought OU was up by 12. I didn't think Arkansas was up by 12, the way the, way the announcers were going. But I was very impressed by the free-throw shooting of the team down the stretch to ice the game, and I don't know. I, I want to put a poll out there, I have a first-ever on-live poll. You know, who done the dunk better, Devo <laughs> or Council? You know what I mean? That was poetic. And listening to the OU yeah. fans cry about it, and that's classless. And, you know, dude, it's competitiveness. You know, he went yeah. in there and dunked it. He didn't run over to the bench and start jawing or start flapping his gums. He went up and dunked the ball. It was amazing. Yep. I mean, that's what it is. It was an incredible, like, jump. Like, he jumped from nearly the free throw yep. line. I mean, I'm this guy is athletic. Like he's probably the most athletic basketball player we've had since Michael Quals. And we've had a lot of good basketball players, but this guy, he has hops. Ricky Council held court on Saturday and he sent Oklahoma to the to the house. He said, uh, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe maybe y'all can get us next year if we end up continuing to play in the Crimson and Cardinal Classic in Tulsa, which I would love to. Until they uh, joined the SEC, because that that place was rocking yesterday with Razorback fans. Like it was a legit, uh, it looked like a home atmosphere. It was kind of like you remember the Southwest Conference days when Arkansas would go to Reunion Arena mm-hmm. and play in Dallas. Like that was the kind of atmosphere they called it, uh, Bud Walton or, or Barnhill West. Yeah, like. This could be the new Bud Walton West because Arkansas travels well over to Tulsa and, and re- represented well, and they really, really showed out. They were loud, just kind of made it made it like a home atmosphere, and I was really proud to see that uh, along with what Ricky Council was doing. And, and I will say that, like, I know Nick Smith is probably – he's absolutely the most talented guy on this roster, but Ricky Council, dude's a player, man. And I think he could play his way up into being maybe – I think he could be on the verge of being a uh, uh, a lottery pick as well. I mean, he may he may not be. He could be a solid first-round pick. But the way he's playing right now, he could play his way into the lottery. Yeah, well, he played all 40 minutes. Um, yeah. He reminds me of Justin Smith. I mean, that's just who he reminds me of. I know you, dog. You, you've thrown out the Mason Jones. I mean, and he can score – he uh, yeah. ended up with 26 points. But I just – I see him as that Justin Smith type that he he just electrifies the defense offensive side of the ball. You know, five for seven – and we're talking about the free throws. They were 14 for 19 from the free throw line and only had nine turnovers. I mean, that's the biggest thing. we t- we We've introduced the whole how we're kind of assessed with the uh, plus-minus. You know, Jordan Walsh yeah. was – 11. I was bring that Ricky up. Council yeah. was 10. Anthony Black was 8. You know, Makai Mitchell, he come in. I mean, yeah. you know, he had six rebounds. I mean, just one, two blocks, plus minus five. You know, what they're doing, I mean, now they're three-point shooting still. I mean, they're they, they are four for 12. 
But I think that they're starting to find their identity that they don't have to shoot 20 to 33s to win this game. You know, yeah. you know, like I said, when you had Mason Jones and all those guys in the past where you felt like you had to shoot threes, shoot threes, shoot threes, you know, you've got guys that can drive the basket and get fouls. And if you're shooting 14, I'll take 14 of 19 every time. Yeah, I'll take that it. That means you're getting to the basket you and you're making your free throws. But yeah. go ahead. In Oklahoma, man, they shot the ball extremely well. They, I think they hit like 10 of their first 12 shots, and you're just thinking – Man, this isn't going to be Arkansas's day. Is it, it felt like at the beginning, like this is going to be another Oklahoma route, and Arkansas just kind of weathered that storm. Uh, yeah, they start. They shot sixty-two percent in the first half compared to Arkansas's fifty-six percent. Arkansas wasn't bad. They weren't bad shooting. I mean, and then and then roles reversed in the second half, and that's what Arkansas was able to do to pull away. I mean, Oklahoma shot fifty-two percent in the second half compared to Arkansas's sixty-two. So there, that's your that was your difference. Arkansas was able to kind of they they made sure they attacked the basket in both halves, and that's that's a traditional muscleman team at Arkansas is they're going to outwork you and they're going to get you. Uh, I think they had like I think they outscored uh, Oklahoma on on the points in the paint. Let me see if I can find that fifty eight to forty four. Well, that, that I mean, yeah, because that they said. They said this was one of the most, yeah, 58-44, and that was one of the most um, points they've scored in the paint, like yeah. in in history or in school history. Yeah. I it did see a physical. thing. But Grant Sherfield yeah. kept them in the game. I mean, they're at the end, and that's the thing. I do want to say this was a 10-point game, but he was hitting some lucky shots there at the end that kind of kept it oh, yeah. closer than what it was. But, I mean, you still have to defend and, and all that stuff, but – you know, Devo Davis, again, you know, a lot of people was ragging him a couple of weeks ago, you know, about, well, he doesn't score. He does so much. I mean. You don't need him to score. He, he just he ended up with five points. But, I mean, what he is doing on the defensive side of the ball, when, when you're looking yeah. at these guys who are shooting, you know, you know they're, he's getting them to make four shots. And all you need to do is get one guy out of the rhythm and, so, like, a guy like Sherfield was, you know, he, he starts at 18 points in the first half or whatever. You shut him down for six points in the second. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's how it went. I'm just saying that's what type of player that – and you need that. When you've got the scorers that you have, you need to have that guy that comes in and gets you those he, – he's that dog. And, yeah. and yeah, I want to say the fans, when they are chanting – you're in Oklahoma. You're in a neutral site, but they were chanting – Goodbye, and just hearing that crowd chant that, it, it was just an amazing sound. And then yeah. the dunk, to, you know, icing on the cake with the dunk. I was like, I was very pleased with that. But you know, it, it's one of the things that you needed that win because you got Bradley, UNC, Asheville, and then you go to LSU December twenty eighth to start your. Um, and it's crazy, both the men and the women start their SEC. Uh, with LSU, but I mean Bradley's not going to be anything to, and they're playing in Little no, Rock. So I mean that's Rock, always yeah. an off off game. It's Saturday at three o'clock, so it's one of them deals that you can't sleep on that game. Then you have, and then we got finals in with everything. Yeah, Coach Neighbors was talking about after the game about you know you got finals coming up. So 
you're always nervous going into finals on how a team's going to practice and, and be mentally prepared. Yeah. And uh, I do want to mention, I was showing my young age, Chris. <laughs> I'm only 31. So uh, Arkansas has been in the SEC about as long as I've been alive. But it was Barnhill South. I said yes. Barnhill West. But, uh, well, uh, y'all knew what I meant. But, yeah, that uh, that game, Oklahoma and Arkansas, I can't – I think there is absolutely some serious heat between the two two schools. Like, they've had some pretty good games throughout the years. You remember the Blake Griffin game when Arkansas, uh, Oklahoma traveled to Fayetteville and and it was Pelfrey and – and Arkansas just routed them. Like, they were up, like, 25 at one point, and Blake Griffin pulled them back within, like, eight or six or something like that, and Arkansas kind of weathered the storm. Like, that was a crazy game. And then you return the next year and then uh, play him in Oklahoma, and then you play him at the Phil Knight Classic up there at Oregon, and and that was a classic game. They had, a, they had to play Buddy Hield in that one. Like, there are so many good Arkansas-Oklahoma basketball games through the years. Like, I feel like it's an underrated rivalry, and I can't wait for him to maybe we can meet up with Oklahoma twice a year in the SEC. I think that's going to be a uh, fun rivalry. I think it's, you know, I know you're going you're to have Texas in there, but I think Oklahoma, it's, it's going to be a fun uh, series to watch just because I think these two schools are are just kind of close enough in basketball history. I know Arkansas has a championship, but I think there's a little bit of hatred between the schools. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's – it's one of those you ain't played them enough. Yeah, you know, yeah, I know. I think if you did start, but then again, I mean, it, it's almost but you could you could feel when something's happening. I don't get those vibes from that. Yeah. Yet, I mean, like when Arkansas and Tennessee when Vitello was there, you just felt it, and then oh, yeah. the jawing. So I mean, maybe this, but you never know. This dunk could have changed things. We'll see next yeah. year. You know, I didn't get the vibes, but the dunk kind of put the icing on the cake on that. And you never know, that might have started something where they really want to beat you next year because of what happened. But, I mean, I get more of a vibes when it comes to that from Texas than I do OU. Right. Just because Texas and Arkansas playing in anything means more just because it's Arkansas, Texas. And I know there's a lot of people who don't understand that. But, you know, but you also got to go back to the Barnhill days of Arkansas – was really good, and you had a target on your back every time yeah. you went out and played. You were the team. It was Arkansas, and there was hardly anybody else in the in the Southwest Conference that could even hold a candle to your talent. I mean, you're just yeah. you're like what Texas was in football. You were the Texas football program back at the tail end of the Southwest Conference days and into the SEC because you come into the SEC and you're immediately competing with Kentucky. You know, you're immediately. Right up there with Jamal Mashburns and the wars that, you know, they had. That was a, That's the rivalry that I love is that Arkansas-Kentucky matchup. And, and the way, you know, Muss is. There's a lot of people that don't like how flamboyant he is and how energetic he is, and it puts a bad – just like we talk yeah. about Vitello at Tennessee. You know, they don't – I don't know what it is about some people, and, it, and I think it's because they're winning. If they yeah, weren't winning like and they were acting like that, they would be like, eh, who yeah. is this guy? But they're winning. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people don't like him, but I, I like him. I like guys that have a little uh, uh, cockiness to them. Because, I yeah. mean, hey, when you're winning, I mean, you deserve to be cocky. But, uh, man, you, you think about the opposite of cocky. Nate Oates 
is doing a fantastic job at Alabama. And we see this. We see this early on in non-conference schedules under Nate Oates at Alabama where they'll go and, and beat these highly ranked teams and everybody's crowning them like, oh, man, these, these guys are going to be uh, one seeds or, or a two seed. And they're going to make a run to the Final Four. And we just hadn't seen that with Nate Oates in Alabama yet. They beat number one Houston. And I don't know if Houston was warranted a number one uh, ranking this year yet or not, just because I haven't really been impressed by them much. But Alabama going on the road and beating a good Houston team was a pretty good victory. And then you saw Kentucky kind of struggle with Yale yesterday. They only beat them by 10. Obviously, Shibway had 28 points and 12 rebounds there. But, you know, the SEC's kind of you're, – you're kind of seeing it early on during this non-conference schedule. Like, you're seeing, like, maybe Alabama's for real. Arkansas, they may be for real. Kentucky – they may be the third or fourth best team. Auburn's kind of a little off this year. They don't have any shooters. Obviously, you lose Jabari Small and Walter uh, uh, Ket- Oh, shoot. Uh, what was his name? Uh, somebody give me in the comments. But there, it was the big white guy that uh, played post and could spread them out into three and shoot well. I can't remember his name. Uh, so, I know his first name is Walker. Anyways, like, the SEC is kind of taking shape. I think uh, I think Arkansas and Alabama is one and two, but there's probably about three or four teams there, uh, third through fifth, maybe six that could maybe uh, make some noise too. Mississippi State's one of them. Well, we'll find out Wednesday, January 11th. You know, Alabama comes to Bud Walton Arena, so and that's yeah. the good thing is you get Alabama at Bud Walton, you get Kentucky, you got to go to Auburn right before Kessler. that. So yeah. that is where. That's where this stretch is. You've got LSU, Missouri at home, which I think that is very – that is going to be an underrated attribute to that game, that that game is at home because Missouri is weird. Football and basketball, it's it's just a weird place to play. And then you got yeah. to go to Auburn and then Alabama at home. So it's going to be a big – we're talking about these two games, and I know we've mentioned this before, but that first four game – I mean, even you throw the Missouri game in there. That first four-game stretch, because we know how we hate LSU. Now, will there be any lackluster gone because, you know, it's LSU now and and not, (laughs) you know, how that plays out. But, you know, you're going to Auburn and and you get them. This is the biggest difference, that the, the thing that could really play against Arkansas. You're playing at Auburn a Saturday night at 730. You have right. Alabama coming to you on a Wednesday night at six o'clock. So you reverse those two. That could be the difference between that's yes. two and oh and oh and two. I mean that, that's right. kind of getting not getting shafted, but it's the fact that it's a Wednesday night at six o'clock. I understand it's probably going to be hopping inside of Bud Walton Arena, but you're having to go to Auburn at seven thirty at night on a Saturday. That's you're going to get. You're gonna get the You're best gonna of get Auburn fans. So. The students are gonna be rocking. Like there, there's, there's a lot to be excited about in the SEC schedule. I think the SEC is a little bit better than what uh, many thought it would be. I mean, you've got seven or eight teams in the top twenty-five right now, uh, and, and then you have. I think LSU is going to be sneaky good. I would hate to play them at home in the first game on December twenty-eighth. Uh, you've got Justice Hill, who's a former Razorback who uh, got the uh, game-winning buzzer-beating shot to go down uh, yesterday against Wake Forest. They won 72-70, to and one of their players, and I can't remember who it was, but he scored 32 of their 72 points 
or 35 of their 72 points. So we, obviously they've got some pretty good offensive firepower, and they've got 11 of 13 guys that are brand new to their uh, program. And then uh, Mississippi State under Chris Jans, who you remember Chris Jans is who Arkansas Eric Musselman coached against in the Sweet 16 or round of 32. Uh, it was against New Mexico State last season in the NCAA tournament. So obviously there's going to be a familiarity there. Uh, so and this the SEC I think is going to be a little bit tougher. Obviously I think uh, Missouri was not a no before they lost to Kansas yesterday uh, as well. So yeah, the SEC is a lot better than what I think a lot of people give it credit for. Well, and everything will shape up too. We, we, oh, yeah, we like absolutely. to talk, and this is the thing. That's why I think they should start basketball season a little bit later because – until the national championship, I mean, let's be real, sports fans. You know, I mean, yeah, we're paying attention to our school, but until football season's over, with you're not really paying attention to, you know, basketball. And I think not the with, average fan. You know, not the average fan. You're right, and I think that when it comes to this team, and I, that's why it really impresses me because you lost a guy that was like, uh, like I said, I know I keep comparing a lot of people to Justin Smith, but you, Trevor Brazil, was one of them. Um, guys quals like guy that was getting you the buckets and the boards and dunks the highlight reels and you got him out of your lineup yeah you're dealing with the nick smith injury and him finally coming back into the lineup and for them to keep playing the way they're doing i think this team is is rare because you had a lot of hype coming into this season of who's going to score what points they're playing defense they're accepting the roles and, I, I mean, I kind of think Devo had a come-to-Jesus meeting of, hey, um, you need to – this is going to be your role. you got all this yeah. freshman coming in, and I think it was kind of a hard pill to swallow, which would be anybody. Yeah. You, know, you, you You're that one missing piece from last year. That You're it, and here it comes back, and you're kind of having to take a back seat. But now he's – you know, put his foot in the ground, and you've seen what he's done with the opportunity he has. And I'm just like I said, Absolutely. I can't wait to see what this team does. But yeah, SEC season starts with LSU, and that's when it that's when it goes. That's when we're going to have go time, and yeah, the first four games will really know what this team's about. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you've got anything else to add, but uh, again, uh, if you will go to uh, Apple Podcast and. And uh, subscribe if you do listen and, and you and you can't catch us live uh, every Sunday night or uh, Monday and Tuesdays with Porter's shows during the week. Uh, if you, you just go on there, subscribe, leave us a five-star rate and review and, and uh, kind of keep, you know, continuing, uh, you know, the algorithm stuff, you know, if you, you can't find us there, uh, uh, the, the algorithm can help shift. Uh, you can help shift it with a little little uh, subscribe and, and review there. so And you can always watch us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Yeah, and tomorrow night on the Weekly Women's Sports Report presented by Fordham Lee Distillery, we will have from the Arkansas soccer team, Jessica DeFilippio, um, led the scoring in postseason in the NCAA tournament. I mean, amazing scoring run, to another Elite Eight run. So, Really looking forward to that tomorrow night at 6.30. And then Tuesday night, we'll have another recap show. Kind of really just mainly make this about basketball season, what we've seen out of the first 10, you know, the first games, what we look for coming up into the conference season, and, and just keep 
keep the content flowing as much as we can for for the fans. So we'll be on Sunday, Mondays, and Tuesdays. I know the shows might change up. You know, a lot of it depends on the availability of the guests we're trying to get. So just stay tuned for tomorrow night at 6.30. But, you know, we're always presented by Arkansas Brewing Company and Bet Online. But for Jacob Davis, I am Border Hayes, and we will catch you tomorrow night on the weekly women's sports report. Go Hogs. There we go. All right. Good one.